Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Maura Z and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, March 23rd. Today we are reading from the big book and we are at page 42, reading the third paragraph, the last on the page, starting with quite as important through two paragraphs ending on 43 with commence to solve their problems. Today's readers are Susan R, 12 Steps, Nancy H, 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text, Lauren N, Rita K, and Karen A. The uh, reference numbers for yesterday, important numbers. Yesterday's 7 a.m. meeting, share ID 11,198. 11198 and yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting 11,200 11200 OA's preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience strength and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating we welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively there are no dues or fees for members we are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Susan R., would you please read the 12 steps? Yes, this is Susan R., compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me share and be of service. Thank you, Susan R. And Nancy H., would you please read the 12 traditions? Yes, good morning, Maura, and good morning, everyone else. Um, the 12 traditions, I'm Nancy, grateful compulsive overreader from Massachusetts. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me share, and thank you for your, your service. Thank you, Nancy, for yours. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the person speaking, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter more about alcoholism, and we are on page 42, starting with the third and last paragraph, which begins quite as important, reading through two paragraphs, ending on the top of 43, with commence to solve their problems. And Lauren N., would you please Get us started. Good morning, fellow visionaries. This is Lauren N. Can you hear me okay? Yes, thank you. Quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. I have since been brought 
into a way of living infinitely more satisfying and, I hope, more useful than the life I lived before. My old manner of life was by no means a bad one, but I would not exchange its best moments for the worst I have now. I would not go back to it even if I could. Fred's story speaks for itself. We hope it strikes home to thousands like him. He had felt only the first nip of the ringer. Most alcoholics have to be pretty badly mangled before they really commence to solve their problems. Wow, was that my life and is that my life? If I look back seven years, eight, almost eight years since this journey began, I do not recognize the person I am today. Thank God for all this work and this program has done for me and helped me grow in a way that I never could have expected. I was 286 pounds when I went in for my second bariatric surgery. I very quickly lost a lot of weight. But I was putting it back on. And I ended up in Al-Anon. And thank God I ended up in Al-Anon because my son was sick and I didn't know what to do about him. And I went to fix him and I ended up fixing myself. How incredible is that? From Al-Anon, working with my sponsor who said, gee, I think you might have a problem with food. Maybe you should be back in the food prop food program. I came into OA. Thank you, God, I found OA. I've lost 130 pounds. I am no longer a diabetic. They call me a recovered diabetic. I was giving myself four shots a day. I was angry. I was mean. I was nasty. I was controlling. I thought I knew the answer to everything. And I couldn't live with anyone. Wow, today I live a life happy, joyous, and free. And it's only because I do these steps every day. And I have you all every day. My life has been saved. I was not through the ring, little bit of the ringer. I was badly mangled from this disease. Thank you, God, and thank you, visionaries, and thank you, my fellows, and thank you for being there for me one day at a time every day. And it's with your support that I can say I'm a recovered person today. I've been recovered for a year and a half, a year and a quarter. I have been abstinent for over two years. I haven't picked up sugar. It will be, August will be 
Well, my abstinent date is February, but my... Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren N. Okay, so by giving me your first name, last initial, one time, I'll repeat it back when I hear it. Who would like to share on what was read today? Katie from Boston. Larry from Boston. I heard Harlan and Larry. Was that Katie from Boston? No, yes, it was Mara. Katie from Boston. I'm sorry, someone before Roz G. Nancy H. Okay, let's stop there. I got you, Rowan. Who do I have here? I'm sure I missed a whole hassle of people. But here's what I have. Harlan G, Larry K, Katie G, Nancy H, Roz G, and Rowan M. Harlan, please. Good morning. Harlan Star One, your turn. Hello. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> Good morning, Maura. Good morning, Team Friday. Thank you for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona, where it will be in the low 90s today. Um, quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. Now, here's what that does not mean to me. I don't know what it does not mean to someone else. It does not mean that this is the line in the book that says, now everything is going to go my way. You're not going to get uh, dumped by girls. You're not going to get disappointments in business. You're not going to get reversals in this or that. No, it doesn't mean that at all. What it means is that when the spiritual awakening is affected in my life through the working diligently of the steps on an everyday basis, like my hair is on fire, that the urge to compulsively overeat is simply not going to be there. And as such, everything in my life will improve from whatever, for whatever happens, there will not be the compounded problem of the horror, the nightmare, and the shame of compulsively overeating, and that I have in my heart and in my soul a power greater than myself which can elevate me above the human ego ranting and raving of, I want this and I want that, and I have to have it this way. No, no, no. I can pause, pray, and proceed. And my life is infinitely more satisfying and more useful than the life I lived before. I like me now. And I like me because on an every single day basis, I get to take self-esteemable actions that bring Harlan into my life so that I can like him and respect him more than I ever did. He was my worst enemy before. He was my worst enemy. I hated him. He lied to me. He hurt me. He disgraced me. Now he's my friend. I like me now. And I don't know anybody in, in all the years I've been in these rooms who woke up and said, oh, I, oh, everything is wonderful. I have more money than I'll ever spend. Oh, I think I'll get up this morning and I think I will go join Overeaters Anonymous. 
I've not met that person. We come in here through tears and we look at our lives and our bodies are shedding the tears that our eyes have refused to shed. Gentle reminder. We come in here in pain and there is a way out. And this is the easier, softer way. This is the greatest way of life in the world. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. And we have Larry K. Hey. Followed by Katie G. Hey, Larry. How are you? Thanks for your service, Maura. Um, I'll set my timer. Okay. The, um, you know, quite as important, it says, was the discovery that spiritual principles will solve all my problems. You know, reality keeps uh, shocking us. You know, it seems like every day we, we wake up to a new surprise, and the surprise is our own, uh, you know, personal proof of social and spiritual change. It's kind of a, a psychic collision of reality and our expectations, and, you know, perhaps it's been the theme in our lives. And we want to recover so badly. You know, there's someone on the line you know, more than anything, right? And, and and so here we find ourselves in the quicksand of this progressive disease, you know, and it, and it agitates the hell out of us and it animates us too. And, and would you even be on the line if you decided to give up? You know, we all get here on a losing streak on some level. And so we're told of a, a discovery here that, that spiritual principles will solve all our problems. Oh, really, really? Well, you know, here, here's a thought. If you're currently drowning, as I was, it might just be the opportune time to lay aside any notions of, of how to save yourself from going under because there's two doors, and door number one is the same old stuff, different day, same, same stuff, different day, and door number two is a new discovery, it's, it's an openness to spiritual principles through the implementation of these steps, and it's called the program of action, and it ensures that you'll move from a self-centered consciousness to a God-centered consciousness. But it's very expensive, very expensive. Freedom is not free. It's going to cost you something. And, oh, no, cash, cash isn't king here, not in these rooms. The price, complete and uncompromising destruction of selfishness. And how? Well, we line up, line up over there. Everyone line up. By the time, you, you know, line up at step one and you get to step 12 and you'll be free. And then guess what you'll be ready to do? You'll be ready to pay it forward. <laughs> That's what you, what you get here. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Katie G., it is your turn. Good morning, Maura. Good morning, my fellows. KG, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic, starting my timer. Yeah, I mean, so when I came into the rooms, I was um, very much a single woman. Um, I had a college education, which was a blessing, um, and I was very much alone, and I was very angry. And um, I had a job, but I kept getting fired from jobs, and um, and I couldn't stop eating. And I thought that if I came to you guys, right, and, um, you know, uh, somehow you would help me get married, 
um, find a new career, find success, and that that would give me the promises, a new freedom and a new happiness and a lot of money and all of this stuff, right? What has changed for me over time as the result of 12 steps, not just three, but 12 steps, is that I have been brought into a new way of living, infinitely more satisfying, but it's because of the internal shift that God has done for me, right? Like, my demands on God are no longer what they used to be. In fact, the things that I want out of life are things that, you know, can't be bought in the store. And, I mean, that is crazy that, that this um, selfish, self-centered brat lived a life today where, you know, I've had a good day when I can put my head on the pillow and I can say, I'm abstinent, I've helped another woman, I have been a good wife, I've worked at my job, I've walked the dog, I've talked to my fellows. I don't need a superstar, you know, um, crazy lottery kind of thing anymore. That's not who I am anymore. But I had to be deeply mangled, which is injured, damaged, mutilated, crushed, in order to have a profound inner shift where all my ideas, all my attitudes about who I am and what I know had to go out the window. And frankly, they have to go out the window every day. I mean, the thing that's so revolutionary for me about this program is that today as a recovered woman I have these 24 hours to work my program to stay abstinent and help another woman and I still get blown away by the power of God coming and telling me Katie these are your old ideas and you are still stuck on these old ideas and you need to take some action around these old ideas or you're going to get into big trouble and thank you God for the humility that keeps me coming each and every day and keeps me so excited to be on the firing lines with all of you and learning and growing and changing. So hold on to your seats because it's quite a ride. And God willing, you know, we all have another 24 hours shoulder to shoulder. And I am thrilled to be here with all of you. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Katie G. Nancy H., it's your turn. Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy H. from Massachusetts, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, this, these two paragraphs kind of hit me um, lately. Quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. And at one time, I didn't even know what those spiritual principles were, they, that there's one for every step. And once I learned what they were and I read this sentence, I thought about it for a minute and I said, oh, so every time I'm going to act on something, I need, if I can remember to stop and pause and say, hope, honesty, hope, faith, courage, integrity, willingness, humility, blah, 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 all the way to the end of the steps, I'm probably going to act better than I would have acted if I had just not thought about that. And that's how I'm supposed to live my life from now on after I recover on the principles of the program. So that did bring me into a more satisfying way of living for sure. And... Um, I, I, um, my old man, or, you know, it says we had to be fairly mangled, uh, badly mangled. When I first came to the program, I don't think back at 27 years old, and I'm 70 now, I don't think that I was quite uh, mangled enough yet. I thought I was. I was miserable, but I wasn't as mangled as I was this last time after 17 years of picking up sugar and, and going into that deep, deep hole 
and thinking that I was drowning and not be able to come out, that really scared me. So for today, I'm willing to um, do what I have to do in order to not go back there and be badly mangled. Um, Fred's story does speak to me because he, um, he realized finally that he had made no fight whatsoever against the first drink, and he hadn't thought about the consequences. And that means to me that from now on, I better remember, and it's very fresh in my mind because I've only been abstinent five months, I better be remembering that I can't afford to take that first bite because it was really bad, and I would never go back to that unless I that mental obsession kicked in. And the only way I know the mental obsession won't kick in is if I'm in fit spiritual condition one day at a time. So for me, it's most important to stay close to my higher power and to live in these principles in order to solve all my problems just for today. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Nancy H. Roz G., it is your turn. Good morning. May I be heard? Yes, thank you. Thank you, too. Good morning. It's early uh, here in uh, Southern California, but I'm just awake. So I'm Roz G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And uh, I was listening to the shares, and I have some similar things to say. And the first is that my my mangled life was um, standing in welfare lines living in an American, um, American standard of poverty and watching everybody else live their lives. You know, people going on vacations, uh, people having uh, careers that they enjoyed. Um, and, and I would just sit and watch and wonder why is my life like theirs? And, you know, through that time, I treated myself like crap. Uh, in the relationships and the people I hung around and the foods that I put in my mouth. And, um, you know, like the, like the opening person, I, I went into to the, the relationship program and got, got clarity there. And, 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 you know, in that program, we're taught to, to take good care of ourselves. And I was not taking good care of myself in so many ways and, of course, through overeating. So, you know, I work these 12 steps every day. I don't live in 10, 11, and 12. I live in 1 through 12 every day. And that means in step three, I make a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God. Not God, and just God, but the care of God. And when I think about caring for, you know, for somebody, I think about, well, you know, if somebody's sick, I'm going to try to nurse them to health, like especially with my kids, or show people that I care about them through unselfish uh, manners, through unselfish actions. And what more would God do? The infinite God, you know, I don't even, I, I can't even fathom the way that he can care for me. And, you know, as I also heard, you know, it said this morning that that doesn't mean I'm going to always get my way. And there's been a lot of times as I've lived in recovery that I haven't gotten my way. But if I'm turning my will and my life over to the care of God, I have to, I have to assume and I have to understand that 
those were things that I wanted that I didn't get were good for me. And so when I look in the mirror at night, when I go to bed and when I wake up in the morning and I look at, in the mirror, today I have a clean conscious. I have a healthy sized body so I don't have self-loathing and anger when I look at myself. And I don't, I don't live in poverty anymore. I don't live in jealousy. I don't live in self anymore. And I do go to, to face-to-face meetings. They're small meetings. But now I go more so for them than for me. I, you know, of course I go for me, but I also remember that they need me there just as much as I need me. I need them. That has changed my, has revolutionized my way of thinking because I used to go to meetings to see what am I going to get out of it. But now it's more of like what am I going to give to it. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Raj P. Rowan M., it is your turn. Rowan M., star one. Oh, sorry. Hi. Good morning. This is Rowan M. Very grateful to be on the line. So when I read this paragraph, quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. So before, I had the mentality that I had to solve all my problems. I couldn't even fathom that there was something else in this world that would help me solve any problems. It was me, me, me. I had to take care of myself. I had to run the show. It was me against the world. And it was me taking care of me. And that's how I ran my life because I couldn't depend on anyone. And I just felt like I had to do everything for myself. So for me, that was something that took a really long time for me to grasp and come to terms with that there was something outside of myself that I, I could rely and depend on to help me. Um, that was probably one of the hardest things for me in program, relying on something else outside of myself. You know, they talk about selfishness and self-centeredness and running the show and being the director and, you know, that God is a director and, you know, that we can't arrange the actors and the lights and to suit ourselves. And that was probably the hardest part of the whole program for me was letting go and letting God run the show um, and letting God be the one to solve the problems. I have since been brought into a way of living infinitely more satisfying and I hope more useful than the life I lived before. You know, sat, the word satisfying and useful, um, the only satisfaction I got was by stuffing my face and passing out. And obviously that's not true satisfaction. And usefulness, I definitely could not be useful to anyone else. I didn't know what that meant. I did not feel like I had any value. Um, I had no self-esteem. I was extremely insecure. So the word usefulness did not resonate with me whatsoever. My old manner of life was by no means a bad one, but I would not exchange its best moments for the worst I have now. My old manner of life 
in my opinion, was a bad one. I did not, I was miserable and very unhappy and I, and I was not living. So I definitely would not exchange its best moments for the worst I have now. I would not go back to it even if I could. Yes, definitely. Yes. And about Fred's story, you know, I'm sorry, did you say time, Laura? I did, dear. Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry? I did. I did say time, yes. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, thank you so much for listening, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rowan. Okay, reminder where we are, in case you came on a little bit after um, 7. We are on page 42 with the third paragraph, which is the last paragraph, starting with quite as important. Reading through two paragraphs, ending on 43 with commence to solve their problems. And with your first name and first initial, would you please let me know who would like to share next? Kathy K. Kathy K. Melissa C. Melissa C. Leia M. Barbara E. Stacy T. Reva P. Okay, okay, the that's it. we're done. is not valid. To leave a message, please enter a mailbox number. Okay, that's very interesting. Okay, but we're not going to take her. She's not sharing on our list. So, this is who I have. Kathy K, Melissa C, Leia M, Barbara E, and Stacy T. Kathy K, would you please get us started? Thank you, Maura, for your service, as always. And this is Kathy K, recovered in Boston. Oh, my goodness. I, um, for many years, I had no interest in a spiritual <clears throat> program, having lived the first 45 years of my life as an agnostic. <clears throat> and so it was very difficult for me to uh, appreciate and understand what was being asked of me, but with the help of all of you and the big book and a very wise sponsor, um, I began to develop the willingness to consider uh, what it might be like to live in the spiritual principles associated with the 12 steps. You know, I didn't realize how miserable my life was until... I started to experience recovery. I had many external measures of success, a good job, a lovely husband, a son, um, many things, and yet uh, I lived a life of distress and anxiety, and it was not until I became willing to consider that there may be a power greater than myself who could restore me to sanity. And I am so grateful because I did come to believe and I continue to develop my faith in a manner that continues to increase my peace, my serenity, and my usefulness to others. Um, thank you all for helping me on this road to recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy Kay. Melissa C., it is your turn. Hi. Good morning, Maura. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, you know, I'm laughing because 
like only in this group, only in our wonderful fellowship, um, are we like so happy and, and we celebrate our, our, our mess, you know, how mangled we were for us. It's like, it's this great um, show and tell as someone on our line, you know, says that we get to really take out how awful our lives were before um, and because we're not living that way anymore. And yet, you know, I, I get sometimes calls from people who worry that they're not doing it right because they haven't rode off into the sunset, you know. And, like, these paragraphs don't say that life is now perfect. Like, it's that we have spiritual principles that can help us solve all our problems. And so for me, that means, um, guess what? I still have problems. Like, I'm not, I haven't reached sainthood. I'm not an angel. Um, I get messy. I say things. I, you know, things come out of my mouth, and I'm like, oh, crap. And But I have principles now. I don't have to pretend I didn't say it and then eat my face off to feel better. Like, I have principles. I can, I can clean up my mess. I can make amends. I can be honest. I can, you know, set out to do things right. And, you know, the other thing is this, this satisfying thing. Like, I thought, um, I'm going to get thin and life is going to be beautiful. It's going to be perfect and nothing's ever going to be flawed again. And while thank God I'm in a normal sized body and the desire to eat compulsively is removed, I still live, um, with human beings. And, and so people will call me sometimes and they're worried that they're not doing it right, you know, because they don't feel this joy every second of the day. And, you know, the spiritual principles for me is that my satisfaction does not come from satisfying all my heart's desires. Like that's the bottomless hole. That's the pit for me that can never get filled. I never get enough brave. I never get enough anything. But what my satisfaction comes is from being other centered, is being useful. So when I walk into a situation, you know, my my new way of thinking is not what am I getting here? What am I bringing here? What am I going to give to this to this um, event this night? You know, so that's really what gives us the satisfaction in our lives today. It's not in my life today. It's not getting what I want. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Leah M., it is your turn, followed by Barbara E. Thank you very much for your service this morning. Um, Quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. I have since been brought into a way of living, living. You know, the big book teaches me that to get over compulsive overeating will require a transformation of thought and attitude. And uh, when I was beaten enough, mangled enough by this illness, um, I threw my hands up in surrender and, you know, just jumped in, not having any awareness of what was really uh, happening. You know, I just, please someone out there, whoever you are, if there's a God out there, please save me from me. Because under the heavy anesthetic of compulsive overeating, there was numbness. 
Compulsive overeating for me was a desperate attempt to alleviate the pain of living. You know, the text says would solve all my problems. Life was my problem. Living was my problem. The compulsive overeating was a way to seek ease and comfort. It was an effect. And through that, I cut off all connections with reality and with life itself. And even when the food was down, and the food was down many, 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 many times, and I was no longer perhaps a slave to the food, yet I was enslaved by fear, by self-doubt, by insecurity. You know, our text teaches us, leaving aside the drink question, they tell why living was so unsatisfactory. Living was unsatisfactory. I wasn't talking about food anymore. You know, many, many times food had nothing to do with it, yet I was still threatened by enslavement of self. So the program of recovery, the 12 steps was a vehicle to bring me to a relationship with power. With power, the power, the power that gave me the effect, the power that gave me the ease and comfort that someone like me, a real compulsive overeater, so desperately needed. You know, I was crushed by the illness and then crushed by the process of the 12 steps to dethrone my intellect in favor of God. There was a reality higher than my intellect and to invite this God in. The 12 steps turn me inside out. I'm telling you, when I look at the first two decades of my life, it looks nothing like who and what I am today. There has been such a dramatic change in personality and values, a restoration of a life, a renewed life. So if you're a compulsive overeater of my type, wrapping up, uh, you know, there is hope here. When you're through compulsive overeating and when you're convinced, there is a way out. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Leah M. Barbara E., it is your turn, followed by Stacy T. Thank you very much. It's Barbara E., grateful to do service today. Wow. Spiritual principles and a way of living more satisfying than what I had before but it involved a vigorous course of action that was not an overnight process. I always wanted the overnight life process. And it would be ongoing. It wouldn't stop. But I would have to envelop and employ some of the principles. There are many principles, but there were certainly some that I definitely felt that I was unwilling to do. Be honest, have faith, integrity. Well, to me, that's honest again, but it's also speaking my peace truthfully. Humility, no. Humility meant, for me, humiliating. Love, I had a love of food. I had a love of myself. But for others, I don't know. Spiritual awareness, service of others, trust. Those are just a few that really stuck in my craw. But here's the kicker. I was ready. I was defeated. I had walked the walk of my life, and it was a walk of shame. Gaining and losing, gaining and losing, eating the oranges, skin included because I could chew more, eating the lemons, skin included, so I could chew more. I suffered from the disease of more. I held the bowl right up to my mouth 
and shovels it in. But what do I have today in 2018? I have a spiritual program. I do believe in a God of my own understanding, a loving God that will help me and support me. And I too came from a Jewish background, but was basically agnostic. I had no knowledge of God. I first had to accept, finally, that I was powerless over my addiction. I had a problem with living. Today, I am totally convinced I was done. I believe that a spiritual solution and transformation and vigorous actions and thorough walking of the steps might be my salvation. I heard yesterday, and I believe this to be true, so I'm going to borrow it. My prior conceptions were my deceptions, and that was what I made the decision to trust. That's step three. When I was binging on my old conceptions, my life was crap. I was a mess. Time. And my, oh, thank you. And God would turn out to be my loving messenger. The pages in the big book suddenly popped out. Time. I needed to save myself, and I pass it to you, my loving friends. Thank you, Barbara E. Stacy T., it's your turn. Good morning, Stacy T. in Cleveland. Thank you for your service, Maura. And this uh, really strikes home for me. The I was probably about two days ago. I fell into not literally, but I well, literally, emotionally and spiritually, I fell into a pit of uh, self despair and uh, depression and anxiety and overwhelm. And a lot of these feelings weren't new to me. It's just that I hadn't experienced them in quite a long time. And what I came to realize is that, uh, as as I was talking with my sponsor about this, is where it says that um, spiritual principles would solve all my problems, um, I wasn't in self-pity, well, maybe I was, um, in some self-pity, that my question was, this takes so much work (laughs) every day uh, to do. And there are many, many days that I, gratefully, my alarm goes off early and I have time to do what's in front of me and then throughout the day, and I just hit this wall where I was like, wow, I don't know how I just don't and uh, I was reminded to pray for the willingness and that really helped and I was reminded that I also um, am continuing to remove uh, the the defect of perfectionism and that really helped <laughs> um, it really really helped and I didn't realize how badly mangled I was I knew um, intellectually and I knew physically I was. Um, I'm 100 pounds less now, so it's kind of hard to deny being badly mangled. But physically, but mostly inside, I was shut down, and I didn't care. Um, I'd have to not care to have mangled myself in that way. 
And now I'm learning a whole new way of living. And um, it's a, I, sometimes I think, wow, I'm going to be 62. And, like, I want to hurry up <laughs> and get this because this is just a whole new set of principles and ideas uh, laid before my feet. And I thank all of you so much and the big book especially in a vision for you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Stacey T. We have time for one or two short ones. We can take two two-minute shares. Who would like to share? Reva P. Naomi B. Reva P. And Naomi B. There we go. Reva P., please go ahead. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. I just feel this burning desire to share because this paragraph reminds me that when before I came into this program, I thought my problem, all my problem, was the food and that my life was absolutely fine. And if I could just get the food in order and under control and fixed, I could just go back to my life and I, I'd really be fine. And it was 180 degrees the opposite. So by being pretty badly mangled and coming to my step one, I have since learned that food was the solution and my problem was living. And, oh wow, I thought that being satisfied was getting what I want, when I want, whenever I wanted it on demand. And um, this paragraph um, just brought to mind the last paragraph in step 12 where it is, you know, what makes me satisfied today? What is living like today? Because I was just dying. I was like the walking dead. And it says, um, service gladly rendered, obligation squarely met, troubles well accepted or solved with God's help, the knowledge that at home or at the world outside I'm partners in a common effort, the well-understood fact that in God's sight all human beings are important, the proof that love freely given surely brings a full return, the certainty that I'm no longer isolated and alone in a self-constructed prison, the surety that I need no longer be a square peg in a round hole, but can fit and belong in God's scheme of things. These are the permanent and legitimate satisfactions of right living, which no amount of pomp and circumstance no heap of material possessions, and I had all the material possessions, could possibly be substitutes. True ambition is not what I thought it was. True ambition is the deep desire to live usefully and walk humbly under the grace of God. And wow, if you would have told me that years ago, I would have never believed it. But I get to live this, and um, I am so grateful. With that, I pass. Thank you, Reva. Naomi B., it is your turn. Thank you, Maura. Thank you for your service. Good morning, my family, my fellow visionaries. This is Naomi B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. A couple words that jump out in this paragraph, ringer. Well, I'm old. <laughs> it's just a number. It doesn't really apply to me. But when I see ringer, I grew up in a home that we had a ringer washer, and I saw what it was to put the clothes through the ringer. It really did get mangled. And mangled... Oh, I was there. I was so there. Even with the lap band surgery, that band was put around the top of my stomach, but it didn't stop me because I'm the real deal when it comes to compulsive overeating. 
and the doctor went ballistic on me after gaining four pounds. I, I would never think to go back to him after gaining 35 pounds. But thank you, God, and Ebby came into my life and told me about OA. And that has transformed my life in ways I couldn't even begin begin to explain. I mean, there's not enough hours in the day of the transformation that's taken place in my life, not because of anything that I that I have done that has to do with my higher power and having a sponsor years ago nag me to listen to this phone meeting. It has been a total transformation of my life. I am so I it just and and the uh, the, the the sentence about the problem solving, you know, <clears throat> I don't live in a bubble. Things have still happened. My husband almost dying, him being in a car accident, all these crazy, him losing his job at 70 years young. What? And you know what? Nothing, nothing in this world has happened that I didn't cling to my higher power, which I call God. Because no food would have solved any of these problems. Thank you so much for allowing me to share, and I pass. Thank you, Naomi B. We have two minutes still, if someone would like a quick two-minute share. Hi, my name is Mary D. Mary B, go ahead. You have two minutes. Well, I listen to V for you as often as I can. I've been in this program of recovery for 30-plus years, and I just had a magnificent spiritual experience. I have been praying, working the program as best as I could, the sick person. And something just happened to me a few moments ago. I've been abstinent. I have been abstinent uh, with the food, with my mind, with my God. And a few minutes ago, what I've been praying for, I got my lazy ass out of bed. And I'm doing stuff around the house, a power unbeknown to me. I just must think that there are people out there praying for me. I'm ready to work this program like my hair's on fire. I thought I've done it in the past, but obviously I haven't. I put dishes away as I'm speaking to you, and I'm ready to get my lazy ass to a face-to-face meeting. I'm done to, I'm done bad-talking my, myself. And I'm ready to move on and accept the help of other people in this program and give of myself and ask my higher power, which is God, to help me through this day and to bless each and every one of you who've been there every day of my life as long as I've ever needed it. And uh, thanks, Team Friday, for being there. And hopefully I can have an abstinent day with the help of my higher power. And with that, I pass. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you, Mary B. And Mary is our last share for the day. And thank you to everyone who shared. I invite you to join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And I'd like to give you the share ID for today. Friday, March 23rd, 11,205. 
That's 11205. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Karen, uh, excuse me, Rita Kay, would you please read A Vision for You? Yes, good morning. This is Rita Kay from Kansas Recovered. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We, re- we realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.